Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickel. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast. And today on the show, I have Chris Larson. And Chris is a real estate guy. So you say, well, geez, you've had a bunch of real estate guys on. Well, he's very unique in that he does a lot of in the world of syndication. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today and learn a little bit more about syndications and how they work and what what that might be if you're somebody that's got a little bit of money that wants to invest and not have to do all the work. So, Chris, welcome to the show, my friend. Jeff, thank you. Great to be here. I'm glad to have you on. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. So, starting off, why don't we get started with the first question, which is, give us your story. How'd you get to where you are today? Yeah. So, as we were chatting before the show, I bought my first property at 21. I was in college and went to Virginia Tech, did a engineering degree, actually in biomechanical engineering, but I knew two weeks in that I really didn't want to be an engineer. I actually, I wanted to race my bike. So I, I started racing my bike when I was 14 years old, mostly on the road and continued at a high level into college. I was, I was all American. I hit the kind of the highest amateur level, but in between my freshman, my sophomore years, my, my training partner, my best friend, my roommate had a massive brain hemorrhage and died. Well, now. And I came back to school my sophomore year. I pour, poured my heart and soul into riding. It was really, it was really more of a therapy. Wait, wait than anything. And I was training 15, 20, even some weeks, 30 hours. Oof. And after you know, success, what happened that following year, that following summer, I was at my friend's memorial race and I'd actually won it the second year in a row. I was in fantastic form, but when I won, I, didn't, I wasn't sad. Right. I wasn't happy. I was, I was kind of indifferent. And yeah. if, if, you know, if you really think about it, indifference is the opposite of love. And I went back to school. I said, you know what? This is silly. Like, why am I doing this? There's more to life than this. And I quit. I sold all my bikes. And now here's somebody who basically his entire adult life raced bicycles. And that's what my my mission and my focus was. Well, really, um, but along being, so yeah, I mean, you're- yeah. yeah. But along the way, you know, as, as anybody that knows the sport of cycling or, or really most professional sports, you don't make a lot of money as as a one is an amateur, definitely not. But two, as somebody that's not at the absolute highest level sure. of professional sports. So I always had kind of side things going on. I was entrepreneurial from a very young age. I sold wrapping paper at the age of 12 door to door. I had a paper route. I I had, you know, I did odd jobs. I did landscaping, shoveled driveways in the winter and actually won like some weekends I'd win 500 bucks racing my bike too. Nice. So I, I knew that there were other ways to make money. And after I after I, I quit cycling, I got interested in the stock market and I started day trading. So here I am now a junior in college making $1,000 a week day trading. And you know now really kind of my eyes are open to all the possibilities that are out there. But I wanted what, what you said to be in the show and really what this podcast is about, Jeff, which is true freedom. And I was laying in bed one morning at 3 a.m., hadn't slept. 
and just thinking about the trades and just stressed out. And I'm 20 years old. I'm thinking, is this what I want to do in 20 years? And the answer was no. So I read over 250 books. I got almost got a PhD in finance. I got an MBA in, in um, portfolio management. And along the way, bought my first property. I decided that real estate was going to be my path to financial independence. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. So you bought your first property. What yeah. was, you know, explain a little bit about that first property. What was it? Yeah. What yeah. was the details on that? Yeah. So, you know, as a uh, 20 year old in college, you know, there's, there's only so many options that you have out there. You're not going to go out and buy a hundred million dollar apartment complex at, at 20 years old necessarily. I, I had $3,000 that I used for a down payment. It was a $90,000 three bedroom townhouse. My Great. mom co-signed on the loan with me. And today we call it a house hack. Wow. I rented out the two bedrooms and that that one property kind of morphed into two because I was friends with the guy next door. And when he left, because I continued on the grad school, when he finished undergrad, he went on to school for chiropractic medicine. Well, I ended up buying that from him. So now I had essentially yeah. six units side by side, right? Two, three bedroom townhouses side by side. And yeah. I rented out six bed, well, five of the six bedrooms. And that was that was kind of the, the first step on my journey. That's genius. Well, I don't I mean, but that's something that a college student can do very you, easily. And I mean, it's, absolutely. it's right for doing a house. Yeah. You know, when, you, when you're like, oh, you know, I, I would have had roommates anyhow. Might as well right. the roommates actually pay all the rents and not exactly mortgage and yeah. you are in equity. So that's phenomenal. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. So you went from there, you graduated. What was the what was kind of the next step along the journey for you then? You know, I didn't want to be an engineer, continued on to grad school, and I I, I wanted to be an investor. And yeah. I thought about going going to Wall Street, but did some in, introspective kind of like, you know, looking inside myself and I realized that really Wall Street wasn't, I wasn't suited for Wall Street, not because it didn't interest me and I didn't yeah. like the pace, but because, you know, I mentioned I live in Asheville, North Carolina. And one of the reasons I like being here is I can be out in the woods, actually live in the woods. Um, so I, I can be in the woods, like I can walk out my front door and I can decompress a little bit. I need that, I need that nature energy um, that's out there. And, you know, so as I looked around, you know, for options from a career perspective, you know, one of the things I realized is that if you want to be an investor, you need capital, you need capital. Yeah. So you can either partner with people or you can look into a career. And I said, well, I could go, you know, go into real estate, do real estate sales, commercial real estate sales, looked into that. And as I was considering the options that were out there and finishing my MBA, I got introduced to somebody who sold medical implants. Well, he worked for Johnson and Johnson and I, called him up. I said, hey, do you mind if I take you out to lunch and learn a little bit more about what you do? So take him out to lunch and he explains that he goes into the OR and he sells these implants, hips, knees, shoulders, trauma, and he gets to be in the surgeries. And so he gets to work with the surgeons, kind of communicate the technology to them. And when he told me how much he made, one of my goals was to be an accredited investor, make $200,000 or more a year in annual mm -hmm. income. And he certainly was there. And I was like, this is really cool. So really fell in love with the industry. I did that for about 18 years. If you count nice. the initial couple of years, I was yep. in um, actually the pharmaceutical industry, kind of getting some sales experience. But along the way, I, I made it a point to continue to buy and invest in well, real estate. And that was always my plan was by the time I was, you know, I, I said by the time I was 40 and really it was, it was much sooner than that, but so by the time I'm 40, I don't want to have to work anymore. I want to have the ability to you know, maybe take risks, maybe go work for a startup company 
and well, that sort of thing. And my wife and I hit that point in our kind of mid, mid late thirties, depending on how yeah. you measured it. Awesome. So then you kind of made a little bit of a switch. You were doing mostly single family stuff before that. Yeah. You made a switch into the, the commercial side. So let's yeah. talk about that change for you. Yeah. And I, I talk, I, I kind of talk through the, the, the math in my book and, you know, well, I'll be sure I'll tell your audience how they can get a free copy of it if they'd like here uh, before we wrap up today. But yeah. I'm, I, my wife goes back to work after we had our second son. So I have two yeah. boys now, 11 and 13. My wife goes back to work. Now she's an architect. She's gone to school longer than I have. Okay. So she went to school, worked very hard, goes back to work and we're doing the math at the end of this first year of, of our boys being in daycare. And I showed my wife a number, and that number was eleven thousand dollars. Really? But the number had a negative sign in front of it, and I showed it to my wife, and she said, "What's that?" I said, "That's how much we made last year. You working?" And she goes, eleven thousand dollars. And I said, "No, we lost eleven thousand after taxes and daycare." Yeah, I said we would have saved eleven thousand dollars if you stayed home with the kids. Yeah. And I said, "Now look, she didn't want to stay home with the kids." And I said, "Do you want to stay home with the boys?" And she goes, "No, I like what I do. I want to." I said, "Great." Well, we need to figure out a different way of, of doing what we're doing. Right. And I was getting to the point where we'd almost paid these properties off, Mike. I'm sorry, Jeff, that we'd owned. And I was I was like, well, we're, we're getting to this point. But I did the math and I said, wait a minute, I'm making 7% my return on equity. So the equity had grown in these single family properties and I'm realizing 7%. And then that nasty tax bill, like I mentioned before, hit us because, hey, we're successful financially, and uh-huh. in America, we were "quote unquote" rich, you know, yeah. because we were we were making decent income. But as I mentioned, it actually didn't make sense for my wife to go to work. And, and I want you know, I want people. If anybody says, "Okay, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah," you're complaining because you're rich. The thing is, when you have negative incentives in this country for people that are professionals to actually work and be productive and hire other people, that's that's not a good thing, in my opinion. So I said. What are we going to do different? So we did a total overhaul. She developed a plan to go out on her own so she could work for herself and make more per hour, but also have control of her expenses in a tax efficient manner. We also started building spec homes. This was around 2012, 2013 when the the, uh, real estate cycle had bottomed and started to come back. So we would buy lots and build spec homes that she designed and we'd partnered with a local builder. And then I started to divest of our single family rentals. And I started to move into commercial real estate, as you mentioned. So, you know, I learned about multifamily real estate. Now, multifamily real estate for people that haven't heard the term is just apartments. And I invested in a syndication as it's called a limited partner, a passive investor. But what's neat is you'd think that single family rental apartment, it's kind of the same thing, but you actually get better tax benefits when you're in these larger syndications, these larger investments. So I went from getting about 7% before tax to getting double or even triple or quadruple that after tax. It was a much, much better deal, much less work. Beautiful. So then you, you know, you went from being that passive investor to now being the active partner in a lot of that stuff. And that's really your business today. So let's talk a little bit about what you do today and, and the types of properties you're investing. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. So, you know, our, our, our portfolio and what we do is, has, has definitely evolved and morphed over the years into some different areas. But what happened was, you know, it's, it's interesting and, you know, you've been through this, Jeff, and 
you know, if you're listening and you're either either really close to that point where you don't have to go to work again, or or you're you've you've already passed that point. The, to me, the biggest challenge isn't financial. Yeah. It's it's from like what where what are you going to do that's meaningful to you and allow yeah. you to continue to be productive? I've always been a teacher. I've coached. I started coaching cyclists when I was in college. I I, I ran a, a training site for one of the medical device companies that I worked for. Yeah. So I started letting people know through a blog. You know, I wrote a book. You know, different right. things in what we did. But what happened was people, when they heard my story, they're like, well, how did you do it? What do you do? And then they wanted to invest with us. So my my first partner came to me in 2015 and he had quote unquote retired. He hit that freedom day and he said, hey, I want you to be my partner. I want to buy an apartment building and I want to bring some investors along with us because you know, we knew a lot of people that wanted to invest and we'd referred to the group that we were investing with. So what we did and this is a great lesson for anybody that wants to scale or, or get into a new area. We actually partnered with the group we invested with. So we did a JV partnership. We brought those investors along with us that were investing with that group. And we bought our first apartment building, which was a hundred unit building in Atlanta, Georgia. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. And then it's just gone from there. So you're you're not just doing apartment complexes now, though. You're doing other things along the, as well, correct? Correct. Yeah. So we, you know, Apartments, multifamily, it's still the core of our portfolio. We have yep. over 3,000 units that we own with our partners today, but we've also acquired self-storage facilities, yep. mobile home parks, which is which is a great area, especially you know when the economy starts to pull back a little bit. Mobile home parks are surprisingly resilient in that area. And then also, we now own 30 express tunnel car washes as well. So yes. I'm a big fan of having businesses where, that have multiple levers that you can increase the revenue, you can increase the income coming in, but also have great tax benefits like real estate. And that's what car washes do. They have a lot of income coming in, but then they also have great tax benefits that real estate has too. Interesting. Interesting. I love it. Yeah. You know, if, if somebody is sitting out there today listening to us and they're trying to figure out where do I get started, what, yeah, what would be your best advice today? So assuming they've got a little bit of money to work, yeah. what's your best advice to somebody? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think, you know, it's, I, I would say you can kind of break that down into three different categories. So okay. look, if you're, if you're out there and you're not yet accredited, you know, if you're yeah. making 50, a hundred thousand dollars a year, figure out a way to make more money. Okay. Find a higher income earning career or profession start a side business. And that could even be a real estate, like an active real estate business that you can start on the side. You need to make more money if you're not yet accredited. That's going to make things a lot easier. I usually say the rule should be save 50%. That's our, that's our rule. Save 50% of your, of your income after tax. It's a lot easier if you're making two or three or $500,000 than if you're yeah. making $50,000, right? So that, that's step one if you're not there yet. Step two, Let's say you you're at that level. You're you're right at the accredited level. You're like two hundred thousand dollars, or you're getting to that point. What you need to start thinking about is is your income tax efficient? Do you have other ways. I mentioned with my wife, her income was not tax efficient. We had to pay we had to pay all these taxes. Then we had to pay our expenses, and we were losing money with her working. Sure. So then you flip it around. She goes out on her own. She makes more money per hour. Now certainly she has to you know, pay for her own benefits and certain things like that. But we had control of our tax, of, of the tax side of the equation with that. And that, that allowed us to, to take more money home. 
Also, if you start to own assets, this is a good time to start looking into the proper legal structures. Make sure you have a trust set up, for instance, LLCs around your real estate business, because this is where you can have death. You know, I mentioned the death of my friend. My father also yeah, died when I was five. It's very real to me. You know, the, the risks that we face in life, whether from death or a major illness, also any, any frivolous lawsuits that might come up, you know, you want to, you want to be aware of that. And of course, you know, the, the most insidious, which is taxes, which, you know, is always, always, whether you're at the gas pump, you're at the grocery store, you know, or, or you're just working and paying, you know, that, that tax off the top. So step one, make more money. Step two, make sure it's efficient, it's well protected. And then step three, learn how to scale your investments. Now, this may be in your own portfolio. If you like being active and you like doing things, figure out how to build your team. You know, Jeff, you and I were talking about how, you know, having a business is a lot of times just having a job. Figure yeah. out how to scale your business so that you can walk away from it. Like that's a great strategy to to basically turn your active or business income into more of a passive income strategy. And then how can you create passive income streams that can become, you know, that can scale indefinitely? And this is where I'm a big fan of syndications. We are we're invested in, oh geez, I think 40 syndications now ourselves. Right, right. Um as well as as being general partners in syndications as well in these in these larger deals. And the thing is, if somebody else is doing the hard work and you're just writing the checks, you certainly need to understand what's going on. But you can do things like raft down the Grand Canyon for three weeks, where I have this picture behind me to remind me of that trip. You could sail around the world. You could do a lot of stuff if somebody's kind of manning the ship, as it were, yeah. if you do that. So number one, make more money. Number two, learn how to keep more money, protect your money. Number three, Learn how to properly invest and scale your investment strategy. That's brilliant. Thank you for that. That's like I said. I mean, it's it's simple, but it's it's not as simple as it seems. But it is very simple. I mean, it's a very simple process to go step by step. And yeah, you know, I think that's uh, you're you're probably the first person I've had that has said, you know, hey, you got to work your butt off to get to be accredited. Yeah, I'll get to make more money. Figure out how you're going to make more money so that you can get yourself to that point. Yeah, you can do that by starting off in small sides on the real estate side to get yourself Absolutely. there. Yeah, you know what's what's cool about real estate is it it can be very predictable. It's a get rich slow game, but yeah. I don't think I'd be a good politician because I tell people how it is. It's like, hey, you know, like you want to people say like, Chris, how do you lose weight when 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 I was racing bicycles? I'm like, I just I just don't eat. Yeah. And they're like, ha ha, and I'm like, well, no, that's like you just eat less, you know. It's like, it's not, it's simple, as you said, Jeff, it's maybe yeah. not easy, but yeah. it's simple. And I think, you know, if, if you are at the point where you're, where you're accredited, you can hit your freedom day within about seven years, I found. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you could yeah. even do it faster in a lot of cases. Absolutely. With a little bit more active income, you could do it a little bit faster, but. Oh, way faster with, yeah. Easily within yeah. 10 years, you can get yourself there. You're, you're done. If absolutely. Point, you know, you get to enjoy life. All right, let's switch gears here a little bit and talk about yeah. the five questions. Ready? Let's do it. All right. Number one, you wake up in the morning, business is completely gone. You have 500 bucks in your pocket, laptop, computer, place to live. What are you going to do? Yeah. So, you know, it, we almost hit that point a few years ago when COVID hit, which is kind of crazy. You know, mm -hmm. here I was still running a medical device distributorship. Surgeries ended. And then the other thing that happened was we, we heard that there was this moratorium on rent. So it's like, how crazy is this? You know, medical device, you know, medical healthcare, and you can't collect money from real estate. So I kind of got, I kind of got a taste of this a while back here, Jeff. But listen, I think, you know, 
it's 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 important to learn all these things that we talk about. But you've heard the expression, your your net work is yeah. your net worth. And the first thing I would do is I would I would kind of regroup. I would look at my I have a three year life life vision that I I have out there. I would probably sit down and rewrite that and make sure, hey, like what 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 went wrong here? What's going on? Where do I want to be? Do I want to be in the same spot? Because who knows if you're if you're trapped in a way that might be a blessing for some people mm-hmm. to have everything yeah. wiped away. But then I would start reaching out to my network, people like yourself, you know, my business partners, and and say, hey, look, what what can I do? Can I? How can I bring value? I'd like I, I'd say this is the the value that I could bring. And look, if you're looking to get on board with somebody, this is great advice. Decide what can you do to provide value for somebody that that's in a position that you want to be in, and then say, hey. How Jeff, how can I help your business out? Wow. And I'll do it for free to help yeah. grow that. That's a really great way to learn and do that. And I'm confident that, you know, we'd be able to to get back to a comfortable position a lot yeah. quicker than before, that's for sure. Yeah. You have all the knowledge and all the mistakes that you made before. Yeah. You- <laughs> Absolutely. So let's go to the next question, which is yeah. what is the biggest business mistake you've ever made? Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into exact specifics, but it was partnering with the wrong person, and okay. this is a rule that you can apply. So I think the <laughs> number one thing, you know, I just mentioned your net work is your net worth, Funny. but if you want to be successful, especially if you're working towards your freedom day, you must you must surround yourself with people that have an abundance mindset. People that have a scarcity mindset, and this was what was going on with that partner, they had a scarcity mindset. That's toxic. That's cancerous. That will erode not only your energy, but it will also destroy slowly everything around that person that has a scarcity mindset. These are people that don't think there's enough of the pie to go around. They're right. afraid you know, to share opportunities with other people, right? They think that they have to keep everything themselves and they can't can't share that. Whereas people with an abundance mindset know that if you share knowledge, if you share deals, if you share opportunities that are out there, then not only does that person you share it with become richer in some way, shape, or form, but so do you. Hmm. Really love that answer. It's fantastic. What's a good book that you'd recommend for our audience? Oh, I got so many. But you know, I was I was on a call earlier today. And the gentleman I was talking to is, he was a medical professional, you know, very intelligent, and he was kind of kind of dabbling, if you will, in the residential real estate space. And look, that's how I got started. I think it's it's fantastic. But we also have to be conscious of the way the real estate cycle moves. And in this country, we can trace this all the way back to the 1850s. There's a new book that came out. It talks about this. The author, Akhil Patel, is a partner with Phil Anderson, and that book is called The Secret Wealth Advantage. It's called The Secret Wealth Advantage by Akil Patel. It's been out. It's been out for a month or two now, and I think Akil does a terrific job of summarizing the eighteen point six year real estate cycle and really talking about what you can do and how you can take advantage and prepare for the certain mm-hmm. portions of the cycle. That is awesome. I haven't heard of that one, so I have to put that on the reading list here. What's the tool that you use in your business every day that you might recommend to our audience? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the first thing that comes to mind is like a high powered system, like CRM system, like HubSpot. But, you know, then I, I was reminded as I was kind of thinking through this of um, 
you know, I race bicycles and love them or hate them. Lance Armstrong was asked, what is your most important piece of technology? Yeah. And he answered the scale because your, your power to rate ratio is so important in cycling. And I have, I have you on my monitor here, Jeff, and I have my calendar over here. And I would say it's, it's my calendar. It's my most important thing. And the reason I say that is if you can control your calendar and your time, you can basically do whatever you want. And that's what we talked about, like your freedom yeah. day. Like what is freedom? It's time freedom. So look, the, the most important thing I do is I block out time for sleep, time for, for my workouts, time for my family. That all comes before doing great things like this, being on this podcast or you know business calls or talking to investors or doing presentations. You have to take care of yourself. You have to take care of your health. And of course, you know, the things that are most important, I would consider that my family before you, you focus on your business and your calendar can help you do all those things. Love it. Love it. Last question. What is your definition of freedom? Yeah. So it's living life on your own terms. And look, freedom is very important to me, but it's, you know, and, you know, I think we, there's, there's so much politicized these days, right? But freedom is the ability to not only do what you want to do every day, but also say what you want. You should be able to have the freedom to act, the freedom to say things and, and live, you know, live life, you know, the way you're meant to. And, you know, if, if you're in, if you're in an environment where you're not free to speak, you know, freely or, you know, whether that's online or whether that's, you know, verbally to other people, it kind of goes back to that scarcity mindset. If, if you have people that aren't open to hearing your point of view and I really hope that if you're listening to this, you you have people in your life that have opposing points of view. Because my opinion is that if if you have people and friends that test your framework, it becomes stronger. And the stronger your frameworks are, easier life is to maneuver through because you have a more robust structure as you look at things. You know whether it's an investment, whether it's health advice, you know whether it's you know a, a business partner, as we talked about before. So I really, really value not only time freedom, but also the freedom to to say and and hear opposing opinions. Really, well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate you being on. If somebody is interested, yeah, I'm, you mentioned your book. Somebody's interested oh, yeah, thank in getting you. a copy of that. How do they get it? Yeah, thanks for the reminder. So, next level income, you can get a free copy at our website, nextlevelincome.com. I talk a little bit more about my story you know, the loss of my friend and, you know, kind of how I put together my investment thesis, specifically the value add strategy in the multifamily space. Uh-huh. Um, if you want to learn more, you can also check out our, our blog on our website or podcast on our website. And if you want to learn about our investments, you can click on the invest link and schedule a call with our team as well. Brilliant. Well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate you coming on today and sharing all your expertise, sharing your story as well. And we appreciate you being out there and helping people out as they need. So thank you for being on today. Jeff, thank you. Thanks for giving me the forum here. And if you're listening today, all the best on your journey towards your freedom day. Excellent. Well, folks, we do these twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So make sure that you subscribe to the channel wherever you're listening, as well as give us a little thumbs up if you liked what you heard today. Let us know that you're out there. And if you want to comment, certainly share your comments with us. So thanks a lot. And we will see you guys back here the very next time. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. 
You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.